You are listening to Your Community Spirit with Orr and Energy Mon. Oh. And we are back here together. Yes. To, I don't know. And the sun came out, too. Yes. The sun is celebrating our triumphant return to Carbondale. <laughs> and, well, I was gone for like three weeks, and then you were gone for three weeks. Yeah. What did you end up doing? I went to the Earth Activist Training in Missouri. I like it. It was called, it's short and it's called Eat. Eat, yeah. <laughs> eat our planet. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was really great. We learned about permaculture and community organizing and um, all sorts of things. You say it really lackadaisical. We learned about <laughs> permaculture and community organizing. Are you burnt out on it? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I'm excited. I'm probably just tired from staying up and writing my book. <laughs> all night? Oh, yeah, all night. Well, 3 a.m.-ish. <laughs> well, you going to announce that or no? Oh, yeah, I've got my book is coming out on the 23rd. That's not this Saturday, but next Saturday. And there's going to be book signing at Rosetta, and, you know, it's it's fun. It's good to have another book out. Yeah, so <laughs> we'll announce it all next Friday? Yeah, next Friday. The only announcement, um, well, you have one. Yes. Yes, for one of our happenings today... I heard about this already, so I was already somewhat familiar. The Free Film Fridays. The Big Muddy IMC puts on the Free Film Fridays. It's fabulous and fantastic and other F-words. Yes, <laughs> other F-words which we won't mention. <laughs> but the Free Film Fridays on Friday at 7 p.m. And, and guess what? Today is Friday. So there's another film coming up. This one's called The Gladiators. Sometime in the future... East and West have stopped maintaining standing armies and nuclear weapons. Instead, to settle their differences, they pit different teams of crack combat specialists against each other. So I... Whoa! <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen this yet, but it sounds like, you know, like, instead of fighting these massive wars, they have little teams that play, you know, like a war game and fight each other, and all sorts of interesting things happen, like there's intrigue, like... Corruption around the game and well, pe- it sounds like government. Yeah, <laughs> people who don't want to fight. So that's tonight at 7 p.m. at 214 North Washington. Otherwise, I did announce it um, last week, and I forgot to put the flyer back in my mailbox. But Sheila Simon is doing a ride around Carbondale by bicycle tour mm-hmm. tomorrow. Ah, sounds like fun. Um, you meet at the city hall, and if I remember correctly. Um, the tour is from 8 until 10, but they leave from the city hall at 8.30 sharp. And they're just going to ride around. One of the ones I remember was the Buckminster Fuller Dome. Mm-hmm. Um, but just a leisurely ride around town. And you definitely can see town in a different way by bicycle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I started riding my bike fairly recently, and it's fun. It's also fun to be with a group of other riders other bikers. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're a hard, hard-ass um, biker there, yeah. boy. <laughs> I'm a hardened biker with my black flag on my bike. <laughs> um, the last couple of weeks, there's been some interesting um, things in the news. A lot of stuff about BP spilling oil all over the place. Yeah, I just heard about that. <laughs> <clears throat> um, what else? The Green Party got... got all those, um, well, not all the signatures, but m- way more than enough signatures to be recognized as a party. Yeah. And I actually understand that there will actually be a debate with the Green Party on board. 
Yes. Rich Whitney will actually debate the other two candidates, which I can't remember their names, but... Yeah, the other two gubernatorial candidates. Ooh. I like to say gubernatorial. So, um, otherwise, California um, did, uh, what was it, a treaty with England Hmm. for global warming, Uh a greenhouse gas reduction treaty. And so California has, like, basically decided, you know, the federal government, basically Uh California is its own country. Yeah, it kind of is. People have been saying that, and in a way, they've been doing a lot of stuff to lead um, the country. So here's the next one. The Magnificent 87. California's Proposition 87, which would tax oil to fund renewables, spurs big spending. Proposition 87, a California ballot measure that would tax oil production and use the proceeds for research into alternative energy is spurring some big spending. Oil companies have raised nearly all of the more than $35 million in the no on 87 piggy bank, hmm. of course, with Chevron donating a notable $13.1 million. Another reason why I don't buy Chevron. Huh. The Pro 87 side has raised $21.8 million, with Hollywood mogul Steve Bing contributing a cool $16.5 million, or so. <laughs> or so. Yeah, and let's not be perfect. <laughs> the measure would impose a tax of 1.5 to 6% on California oil producers, depending on the current price of a barrel of oil. Proposition 87 backers hope the tax would raise 4 Billion, that's a cool billion, for research and development in uh, alternative fuels and energy, and eventually reduce state petroleum consumption by, get this, 25%. (laughs) The hullabaloo is unsurprising, says media relations consultant Steve Swat. Quote, when you have a wealthy, deep pocket special interest that is at risk because of one single initiative... They will write checks like there is no tomorrow because so much is at stake. Mm-hmm. It says, like, no tomorrow. What was the name of that movie? Oh, uh, oh day yeah. after Day tomorrow. after tomorrow. The day after tomorrow. <laughs> like, no tomorrow. <laughs> like, there's no day after tomorrow. Woo. Straight to the source, San Francisco Chronicle, the 13th of September, and KQED, which I guess is a radio station. Yep, sounds like it. The 12th of September, 2006. See, we get our news and sometimes we don't even know where it comes from. Yeah, (laughs) it comes from strange and mysterious lands. Off the newswire. Yep. So let's see, another news. I've got to read this one simply because uh, I watched uh, Path to 9-11, like the the controversial docudrama about September 11th. (laughs) So that got me thinking on this subject. Was that shown in mainstream theaters? Um, No, this this was not one of the... Conspiracy theory ones. This was the um, like the the mainstream one on ABC. Oh. That was <laughs> very. It was like a four-hour special or something. Someone was telling me. Oh uh, no, it was it was shorter than that. Well, unless I may, I think I may have missed the first part, but the part I watched was like an hour, and it was <laughs> pretty goofy. <laughs> a lot of negative aspects to it. Yeah, and it was it was essentially actually paid, well not advertising but paid docudrama. Yeah. <laughs> By a conservative think tank. Yeah. And then ABC actually showed it. Okay, and there were that. some there were some facts that were just glaringly wrong and then there were others where they you know, themes of 
you know, themes of how we needed to get more security and how, you know, certain cultures... You're saying we don't this. need that? <laughs> I think we need some change, but not the changes that certain people are pursuing. If we have enough security, we won't have to leave our homes because <laughs> we'll be so secure we wouldn't want to. Yeah, exactly. But on that note of security, we have a, a story. Nothing to fear but air itself. <laughs> Government fails <laughs> to tend to the many left sick by the 9-11 attacks. So nothing to fear but air itself. <laughs> the attacks of September 11th left behind a grim legacy. No, we're not talking about the violent imperial fantasies and paranoia that have gripped much of the nation. But instead, we're talking about the lingering ill health of those who worked in lower Manhattan to find survivors and clean up the rubble. New research shows that 69% of workers at Ground Zero developed respiratory problems. 59% still show symptoms. At a House hearing on Friday, lawmakers blasted ex-EPA chief Christy Todd Whitman for issuing assurances about air quality in the days following attacks. Those assurances are on public record, but nonetheless, Whitman struggled to shift blame to local officials. Quote, I did not have the jurisdiction to force workers to wear respirators, she said. That was up to their superiors. Um, there's a thing called OSHA. <laughs> o- what is it? Occupational Safe. Standards for Health. Okay. Yeah. O- something. But it's a requirement in- anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She, she, yeah, she, she kind of did have the jurisdiction. But anyway, <laughs> thousands of workers will likely need lifelong care. And a number of babies are being born early and underweight in lower Manhattan meaning the need may span generations. For all of this, Health and Human Services Secretary Michael Levitt offered New York the princely sum of $75 million. For those of you keeping track, that is less than half of what the U.S. spends in a single day in Iraq. Straight to the source, the Washington Post, Associated Press, 9th of September 2006. Kevin Locke, a contemporary Lakota storyteller, told one of the most powerful stories that I'd ever heard. The story he told me one night was of the seventh direction. After Wankantanka, the Great Spirit arranged the other six directions, east, south, west, north, and above, and below. One direction was still left to be placed. But since the seventh direction was the most powerful of all, the one containing the greatest wisdom and strength. Wankantanka, the great spirit, wished to place it somewhere where it would not easily be found. So it was finally hidden in the last place humans usually think to look. In each person's heart. listening to Your Community Spirit, the show about caring, sharing, and preparing for the changes needed in the world as we know it. Hmm. Yeah, that one's a good one. It reminded me of some of my studies at the Earth Activist Training, because 
we dealt with the four directions and the four elements and the center. Very good stuff. Nice. Search and you shall find it. New Google Philanthropy aims to build a super efficient hybrid car. If you're tired of waiting for bold in <laughs> If you're tired of waiting for bold innovation from big automakers, help is on the way from of all places, iconic search firm Google. <laughs> the company's founders have established a controversial for-profit philanthropy, google.org. <laughs> which will focus on poverty, disease, and global warming. One of its first projects will be the development of a super-efficient hybrid car that will run on any combination of ethanol, gasoline, and electricity. Well, there's a company called Hypercar, who the Rocky Mountain Institute, um, which is a nonprofit, they've invented a car called Hypercar, which if they make 100,000 units, can get 150 miles to the gallon. Huh. Essentially, it is hydrogen electric vehicle. Mm-hmm. So it's already made. They just need someone to actually make it. It's sitting there waiting. So, um, free from the restraints imposed on traditional nonprofit charitable organizations, huh. which is, you know, lack of money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. Google.org could potentially start a company to sell the car, partner with venture capitalists, or lobby lawmakers. But while it can make money, that's not the point, says a newly tapped executive director, Larry Brilliant. <laughs> Mr. Brilliant says, quote, we're not doing it for the profit. And if we didn't get our capital back, so what? The emphasis on, is on social returns, not economic returns. <laughs> Google.org's unorthodox structure has elicited some dismay and criticism from both the corporate and philanthropy worlds. But it seems to make good on the company's favorite slogan, don't be evil. Is that really their slogan? Yeah, I've heard that before. Really? Yeah. Straight to the source, the New York Times, the 14th of September. What? I'm not positive if it's their official slogan, but I've heard it before stated as their slogan. <laughs> don't be evil. Yeah, I don't think they would actually have that their slogan. Well, you never know. That's, that's one of my personal slogans. Yeah. But... Um, well, no, a slogan is a catchphrase. Yeah. Um, I don't know, a way of living <laughs> and doing business is not yeah. a catchphrase, but... We've got a great one for the IMC. Uh, you know, well, a lot, some, a lot of people who know the IMC know, be the media. You know, you get to be the media because it's independent media. But I came up with, be the media or die trying. <laughs> <laughs> hey, on the IMC front, um, the the IMC has their own coffee. Oh yeah, they do. The uh, it's a it's from Just Coffee, like you know, fairly traded coffee, and they help to support local charities. And so you know, the they have one at the co-op now. That's the IMC coffee. It's got the IMC logo, talks about the IMC, and it's fair trade, but it supports the independent media center. Yeah, it's what the Big Muddy um, IMC's coffee is Big Muddy blend. Yeah, Big Muddy blend. Yeah, so if you if you want to support in the media. Well, spend money. <laughs> it's, it's like so much buy into yeah. it. Yeah, that's funny. So if you're gonna be buying coffee anyway, you know, if it's if it's a choice of one to the other, you may as well. And it's what do you call it? Um, fair trade, organic. Yeah. So. So it's good stuff. <laughs> yeah, I'm liking it. That's you know more and more. I'm soon they're gonna have to come up with new standards of 
food because <laughs> I mean pretty much everything I see nowadays is organic. Yeah, well, everything I buy, but yeah, well, yeah, we can. I'd like to work on a permaculture certification, you know, to get foods grown in certified permaculture ways. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> I mean, organic is a very narrow. I mean, you can have a thousand acres of organic food. Yeah, you can have a thousand acre monocrop culture. And that's and not sustainable <laughs> or in any way a permaculture. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So we got a little off. Well, <laughs> a little off on a tangent, but that's no, okay. I said I was a little off, not <laughs> on a tangent. Uh, well, I'm, I'm a little off too sometimes, but that's a whole nother story. <laughs> so let's see. In other news, oh, I get to sing. Come on, baby, do the local oceans. <laughs> Come on, baby, do the local oceans. Rising ocean temperatures cause anthropogenic warming, says study. Well, here's a shocker. It turns out it's global warming that's causing the globe's oceans to warm, a phenomenon linked to more intense hurricanes, such as the counter, counter, counter... <laughs> oh, wait, no, two counters. Counter, counterintuitive conclusion. That means it's just a regular... Yeah, it's a regular intuitive <laughs> conclusion of new research in the proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences. So these aren't just random people out in the streets. These are the National Academy of Sciences. Over the 20th century, average sea surface temperatures in the tropical Atlantic and Pacific Oceans have increased by 1.2 and 0.58 degrees Fahrenheit, respectively. Meanwhile, Category 4 and 5 hurricanes have increased twofold over the last 30 years. Researchers compared observed ocean temperature changes with the predictions of 22 climate models. They found that only heat-trapping greenhouse gas emissions from smokestacks and tailpipes could adequately explain the warming. Quote, This study confirms that it cannot be explained by a natural cycle, says co-author Nathan Gillette. We hate to say I told you so, but... Okay, we actually like to say that. <laughs> Straight to the source... New York Times, The Guardian, the 12th of September, 2006. <laughs> nice. Well, climate change, we've got a hella sinking feeling. Because <laughs> this meeting was in yeah. Helsinki. Helsinki. We've got <laughs> a hella sinking feeling. Asian Europe meeting provides lots of talk. A little bit of action. Oh, wait. A <laughs> little bit of action. A club of 38 European and Asian leaders concluded a two-day summit in Helsinki, Finland this week, saying they, what they always say and failing to make the concrete plans they always fail to make. The leaders agreed to cut, continue to cut greenhouse gases after the Kyoto Protocol expires in 2012. Can you imagine they put things and make them expire? <laughs> yeah. It's Okay. <laughs> but didn't set any new targets, predicting that long-term climate change mitigation would require technological breakthroughs. The summit attendees agreed to encourage investment in clean air and share, quote, cleaner and climate-friendly technologies with developing countries, which have, quote, legitimate priority needs to grow their economies and attend to the poor. But, hey, talk is underrated, says Japanese international political professor C.G. Endo, quote, it's all the more important to have this kind of dialogue in a world where the sole superpower is a country which thinks military power can solve any problem, hmm. end quote. Careful, Endo, 
we're not afraid to bomb you. Ooh, oh. that hits way below the belt. Straight to the source, Mercury News Associated Press, the 11th of September. Space War, Agent Friends Press, also the 11th of September. Planet Arc Reuters, the 12th of September, 2006. So you mean military force can't solve all problems? Oh, come on. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> in other news, keeping it real estate. Yes, keeping it real estate. Portland's real estate database makes it easy to search for green homes. And I don't think they're talking about the color green. <laughs> Just moss-covered. Yeah, moss-covered homes, you know, a little, a little overtaken. Realtors in and around Portland, Oregon... Keeping it realtors. Keeping it realtors <laughs> in and around Portland, Oregon, will soon be able to search more easily for homes that have met national green building standards. Starting in 2007, houses certified by LEED, L-E-E-D, Energy Star, and other such programs will be searchable in Portland's authoritative Regional Multiple Listing Service. Added amenities like on-site solar power, yay, and high-efficiency furnaces will be searchable individually. Quote, people increasingly want energy efficiency in their homes, indoor air quality, and lower energy bills. This gives them the ability to find those features and a mainstream tool which is important, says Terry Miller of Portland's Office of Sustainable Development. Advocates hope that the new policy will benefit low- and middle-income buyers, Lenders may be willing to give bigger loans for energy-efficient homes, as the money saved on electric bills could potentially go towards paying a higher mortgage. Straight to the source, The Oregonian, 7th of September, 2006. Hydrogen hopes. Huh. BMW to put a few hydrogen cars on the road next year. Before you start jumping up and down, the cars of the future are here! Uh. Sort of. BMW announced that it will distribute about 100 hydrogen-powered 7-series sedan to select drivers in the U.S. and the EU in early 2007. Ooh, pick me, pick me, pick me. <laughs> the cars, which can travel about 125 miles before switching to gasoline, maintain BMW's sporty image. They go from 0 to 62 in 9.5 seconds with a top speed of 143 miles per hour. The seven series recipients will be who, people who, quote, have a potential impact on making a hydrogen economy happen, says a BMW spokesperson. I wonder that's, they're, they're like giving them to politicians. Uh, yeah, maybe politicians or, you know, maybe maybe local radio celebrities. <laughs> oh, but, but yeah, I mean, I thought you're not allowed to do that. Oh, no, you're not. <laughs> gifts, give gifts. Anyway. <laughs> BMW is still, quote, very, very far, well, it doesn't have two varies, very far away from mass production of the cars. The technology is hampered by the need for two separate fuel tanks and the lack of a hydrogen fuel manufacturing industry and fuel storage and distribution system. <laughs> so basically they're putting a car that will be gasoline or hydrogen powered. Says BMW's Raymond Fryman, quote, The technology is still in its early stages, but there is a revolution when it finally arrives. <laughs> <laughs> Straight to the source, Los Angeles Times, the 13th of September. <laughs> Business Week and the Wall Street Journal, the 13th of September, 2006. Yeah. Now, if they were going to give me a free car to, as a demonstration model, I would want to get the Tesla Roadster. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's exciting stuff. So we got time to read a few headlines, unless you have something that's real crucial. Ah, no, we can do some headlines. Like this one, go and cinema more. Like go and sin no more. Go and cinema more. New climate change documentary focuses on people of faith. So it hmm. sounds interesting. You know, you had an inconvenient truth for the uh, for the general audience, but I guess The Great Warming is a movie for evangelicals about global warming. <laughs> the ice has it. More evidence of global warming from a study of Arctic winter ice. <laughs> And I found my thrill on Newsberry Hill. The EPA proposes easing air pollution rules for oil refineries and other plants. Woo! And speaking of oil, put that in your pipe and spill it. <laughs> BP spills in California and asks to open the Alaskan pipeline again. <laughs> What a good combination. Yeah. And so. one last one, go shoot in the foot. The Interior Department blocks an interim nuke waste site in Utah. Oh, yeah. I remember. I <laughs> read about it. I think it was on an Indian reservation, even. So, well, that has been another exciting and hopefully informative half hour of your community <laughs> spirit. Yes, it's good to be back in Southern Illinois. If you missed it, we have your community spirit online at yourcommunityspirit.org, <laughs> and you can listen to us again. Yes. But why damage your ears that <laughs> way? Just listen to us next week from 10 to 10.30 on 91.1 FM. Otherwise, today is cool but sunny, a perfect day to get a sunburn. <laughs> yes. I mean, to go out in the woods and relax. But remember, it is a perfect day to get a sunburn when yes. it's cool and sunny. Because then you think, oh, I'll just stay outside all day. <laughs> but it may be worth it because it's beautiful out there.